Hey, you. Did you know that that cast isn't the only podcast in the world? Yeah, it was like a huge surprise to me, too. Um, so I fixed you up a little bit. I want you guys to check out my friends in the DadCast podcast family. We got my cinephile cousins at the end of the dinner table. The Zillennial Canon, where Kieran and Adam talk about films in the millennial slash Gen Z cusp. We got the aggressive with their opinions. The uncles in the middle of the dinner table. The aggressively okay podcast where Adam and Joe shoot the shit about film. We got the brother that everybody loves, Sean, with his podcast, SeltzerCast, where he interviews a guest over a cute little bubbly drink. And we got the hyper-fixating children at the kids' table, Courtney and Zach, with their podcast, Back to Back, where they, uh, where each episode, they review two Beck songs, and they also talk shit. And then we got... Cool Uncle Nick with Dan for Life, a short-form interview podcast with the classic film, Dan in Real Life. Check them out and enjoy the pod. Dad, come on. It's time to listen to DadCast. Uh, Hello and welcome to DadCast. Today I'm here with my two friends, Sean and Brandon. Sean is from the Seltzer Cast. I'm from the Seltzer Cast. Yeah, and and (laughs) and Brandon is from himself. But we love him either way. Um, Today we are talking about On Her Majesty's Secret Service, um, our first Bond film. Is that a dad thing to be into Bond? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have a cause... stepdad who, when I, I did a Bond marathon, like, way early in the year, quarantine start times, and uh, my stepdad would walk in the room and, like, oh, my God, my favorite one is No Time to Die. So it's, it's a dad thing. Yeah. That movie hasn't come out yet. No, not No Time to Die. Fuck. Who, who can't die? Or whatever the, the one in Japan is you only live twice you only live you only twice. live twice okay, yeah. yeah uh uh what was i gonna say i don't oh oh yeah uh so this episode is in memory of diana rigg because she just recently passed away and she is for i haven't watched all of the bond films but she is probably my favorite bond girl um no competition yeah uh, what are your guys' opinions? Have you guys seen all of the Bond films? Let me know. Um, I'll start and say that I... So, <laughs> the way that I used to watch Bond films at a very young young age was like... The order I would watch them in is whatever was available at the library and or Blockbuster. So, um, I would just specifically be like... I don't know like I remember like being a child and being like oh the living daylights is actually the first James Bond movie and I don't know why I thought that because that's absolutely not true whatsoever so um with the new one coming out I was actually sad that it was delayed um I have not seen I've seen all of the Daniel Craig ones except for Casino Royale which is very bizarre it's amazing I know (laughs) So, uh, but I, I was upset that it was delayed and I feel like that was like one of the first movies that was like being pulled off the schedule. And I was like, what, how do we know that things aren't going to be back to normal by April? Well, I'm glad that they delayed it because at the start of quarantine, I bid on eBay for the 24 film box set, which is only the Eon films. Um, and I've been watching them. Um, I, 
to meet the release date of November 20th for the new film, I would have to watch six Bond films a month. Um, I truly believe that film is not going to come out in November. Um, so I'm being a little bit more lax about it, but, um, I have been marathoning Bond over quarantine and, um, I'm only up to, I just finished live and let die. So I'm not that far, but I just hit Roger Moore, I think, right? Yeah. So that's uh, what, yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, tell us your story. Yeah. Um, quarantine happened. Uh, I went back to be with the family and I didn't know what the fuck to do. So, uh, all of them were on Amazon prime or most of them at least. And, uh, I started from Dr. No and I kept, uh, kept on chugging. I kept on rolling and I got to spy who loved me. And then Mike Myers movie club and then Austin powers. I had to play catch up for the spy who shagged me. And then I was all about, the randy man instead of the suave man at that point and i haven't watched a single one since the spy who loved me was the last one who's wait what is who's in spy who loved me uh uh is that more as well it's more it's more yeah i forgot his name i have very i'm very tired right now um okay barbara barbara bach barbara back bird back that's oh so that's uh i have one more and then it's the spy who loved me so i'm almost up to where you are brandon what do you think of you just saw live and let die what do you think i so my main thing about james bond movies is that um they kind of blend together (laughs) i hate to say it i i love them so much and i think they're a ton of fun and it's not the kind of movie that i'm like you know what i feel like watching a bond movie unless i'm in a movie theater so um in my mind i will have to be like oh wait that one is the one that blank but i i actually did like live and let die i think that live and let die it's interesting because you have a bunch of like i don't know um probably white writers and directors that are like trying to do like black influence and like black exploitation and stuff for live and let die because that's what was like popular at the time but um uh yeah i don't know great great bond song right (laughs) i um let me look at my letterbox but i've kind of like mariah and i started watching them like in order and then um i kind of stopped um but but one day uh mariah was like do you want to watch um honor majesty secret service because i really i really like uh casino royale and mariah was telling me that casino royale and honor majesty's secret service are the only two films in the bond franchise where like james bond actually falls in love and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i i was like damn so okay so i've seen i've seen specter skyfall quantum of solace which i am a stand for quantum of solace you're going backwards though this is interesting (laughs) <laughs> yeah um casino royale i've seen golden eye um i've seen uh honor majesty secret service dr no her russia with love and that is it you haven't seen goldfinger no oh it's but, very good that's my favorite yeah. <laughs> yeah but like out of all of them i've seen probably honor like honor majesty secret i'm just like a sucker for romance and stuff like that obviously like i look at my birth chart i have a lot of venus in there um but uh like this movie i realized this when i was rewatching it today this movie is basically like how when i watch it it's how i when i the way that i feel when i watch it is how i imagine like call me by your name stands on tiktok feel when they watch call me by your name so yeah, I just I, I, I by your name, but I agree. I it it, it is a spell. It, there is magic that wraps around you. I can't tell you the barn scene, their first kiss. Uh, Woo! Sparks, baby, sparks in the pupils. But I I mostly wanted to talk about this because it it to me it is the quintessential. This is the movie that Austin Powers is making fun of. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like pretty much. 
especially the theme too. Uh, like the brum, 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 but there's like a few motifs yeah. in Austin Powers that are straight from that. Obviously, mm-hmm. the main Bond theme is, I think, ripped on Austin Powers, if not the sequels. Yeah, think. well, like it also in uh, it might have been, yeah, N- no, it's in Spy Who Shagged Me, I think. Yes, yeah, Spy Who Shagged Me, uh, like uh, Heather Graham and like. Mike Myers are like walking onto the beach after they like dunk in and stuff like that and then they're wearing like the exact same swimsuits that they wear in I think Honor Majesty's Secret Service and then they play like the theme I'm pretty sure I'm pretty the sure Honor they Majesty's play Secret Service theme. yeah I'm pretty sure they do wow. but I could be wrong anyways let's we can look at can I mention something that bothers me about the James Bond movies? Go ahead. Okay, so what I find to be somewhat confusing, and I want to know your opinion on this as well, is that um, so James Bond changing never really bothers me. I think that um, it's funny in this movie that they have to, and we'll discuss this, but like they acknowledge that he looks different, which is like really funny. Um, but something that kind of bothers me is that when, okay, so you have a different person playing Blofeld for like all of the movies, regardless of Bond. And I don't know if that's intentional or it, like if there's like a reasoning behind that, but there's like a lot of actors that play Bofeld and it gets annoying. And I mean, I think the one in this movie is like good because it's like Telly Savalas, but um, I don't know. You have like Donald Pleasance at one time. Later on, you have Christoph Waltz. Like they just kind of like swap out Blofeld very uh, for like no reason. <laughs> I understand. I- why it's annoying but like it kind of functions like I don't know, their archetypes um and i i think like the swap the swapping of roles in in in, ter- in terms of like blofeld that turns it into like a i don't know shakespearean commedia dell'arte thing where like you got yeah. the archetype of the villain being blofeld you know if it was just bond that was swapping you know i that would just be a franchise you know but you got all these other roles and all these other like recognizable things and I guess if I was, if, like, the one Blofeld stayed with the Bond, that would, like, I'd prefer that, like, rather than, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it just, I'm I'm always, like, I mean, whatever, it's such, like, a, literally, if anybody doesn't know, like, Blofeld, uh, he looks like Dr. Evil, so, if it, like... It, they, Mike Myers could be in there and I'd assume that it's Blofeld like I know that the character is Blofeld and I just go along with it and that's the same with like James Bond as well it's just very bizarre I feel like everybody always talks about like the actor who's playing Bond but not that there's like 50 Blofelds I, I, I personally don't mind it like at all like I don't really care because like I don't yeah. know just same. I you know I'm coming from a bias of I have a theater degree. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like, just let every actor play every role. Why not? Let, let's have I guess it doesn't bother me. I, it's yeah. just funny to see that like you you guys know that, that like how there's like so much debate on like who's gonna play James Bond and then like the first couple movies it's like oh my god like we couldn't get Sean Connery back for Honor Majesty's Secret Service but then we got him back for Diamonds Are Forever but you know like Blofeld changes like every movie <laughs> like there's like no importance to it you know like, like the Blofeld controversy <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start a uh, Blofeld discourse on the TL and it's gonna be hell it's gonna be hell <laughs> well it's a, it's i i a, guess i'm asking because i don't i don't know if you guys know more than me is like is there a reason why the actor changes like is it like he changes the way he looks or something or is it just like well, each movie well the the james bond actors can't play james bond because they don't want to or their contracts are over that happens for other yeah, actors too i, I guess like, yeah i feel like maybe like I think, yeah, I think it might be, like, a contractual agreement because, like, maybe, like, the people that play Blofeld only, only like, 
signed for one like one movie but also also i think of like you know like have you guys was seen a mission impossible fallout yeah okay so like you know like the main villain in that movie like the the guy that like drowns big trailer yes this guy yeah i love him so much but did you know that he was only supposed to be in um the one before it, I can't remember the name of. Mm-hmm. It's only supposed to be in that movie, but then, but then Chris McQuarrie and Tom Cruise were like, "Uh, no, we're actually gonna we we wrote the screenplay for Follow already, and you're gonna be in the whole thing." And apparently, the actor like really hated being <laughs> like in the movie. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I had but, heard that like, too. <laughs> but like i don't know follow it's a masterpiece so why not hell yeah 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 okay let's let's talk about um one her majesty secret service okay i have a hot take about film about james bond is that i could be wrong but they need to bring back money penny. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I I just love how James Bond has this little fuck buddy like <laughs> that he works with. Didn't they bring her back? I don't think so. Maybe, how many maybe. actresses have played yeah, her? Absolutely. But like, yeah, okay, there is a scene. My favorite shot. And ever. Naomi Harris is Money Penny. Oh yeah, she oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But do they fuck? She's just I not as fuck remember. by the end anymore. But... That's so dumb. Let her fuck. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I I love this scene. One of my favorite shots ever in film history is this scene. It's like a quick cut. And then James like throws like his hat onto like the coat. Rack, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's like, "Muddy Penny, I'm home. Suck my dick," yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Uh, the score fucks. Also, like, okay, let's just talk about the opening. The opening scene is like, blows me away. Like, it's that just like so sunrise, sunset. Yeah, and yeah. Diana Riggs wearing like the sparkly ass dress that she's wearing and then and then James Bond goes to save her and then he takes off his suit jacket and you see the blouse he's wearing underneath and it is the tightest blouse I've ever seen a man wear. This is probably the tightest fitted Bond. This is the thing about George Lazenby. I love George Lazenby so much, and this is like the only Bond movie I've seen him in. But like, he it's the only bo- the only one he did. It's the only one he did. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. <laughs> yeah oh my god. He's the fucking best Bond. I, I love so yeah. that's like the documentary becoming Bond yeah. tells the story about how like he essentially had. A, like they really wanted him to sign a six picture deal and he just was not interested whatsoever he only wanted to do the one he was um yeah he he was like a nobody the only thing he had ever done was a chocolate ad where he played something called the big fry so like the company was called fries chocolate and he played the big fry which was just what they would do is like it was like a mix of like forced perspective and then also finding like short people and having him be around and ha- carry like big crates of chocolate and look like like a giant delivering chocolate to like a small town so everybody was like oh it's the big fry it's the big fry and he snuck his way he's also australian is not british he snuck his way into an audition by just like charming his way in there and also he he found out where um, Sean Connery's like tailor was and had them make like a suit. And then same with like Sean Connery's like haircut and had him have the haircut the same way. And then he just charmed the producers enough until he was bond. And then he like did not want to do it after then. And he showed up to the premiere with a beard 
and the studio is yelling at him and saying, James Bond doesn't have a beard. You have to shave or else you're not invited. And he showed up anyway and was like, what are they going to not let me in? And he showed up and then he like, I mean, he's acted in things since, but like barely. <laughs> you're telling me that George Lazenby single white femaled Sean Connery's ass? You're telling me this? Well, they were looking for other bonds. Connery but and they were, it, But no, he went to the same tailor. He got the same haircut. This is insanity. <laughs> so, yeah. And then essentially what happened was um, the studio begged for Sean Connery to come back. So then they did Diamonds Are Forever with Sean Connery, even though George replaced him the film earlier. And then... Sean Connery was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then they got Roger Moore. So, and, and they made sure that Roger Moore signed on for multiple pictures rather than just the one because George did not want to do other than one. It, I can, it, I can, I'll go ahead. Oh, it, it's just nuts to me. Uh, just a quick side note that Diamonds Are Forever follows this. Yes. Uh, I watched them, I think, the same day or the same week I, in very close proximity. And I, my heart was fucking shattered by honor majesty's secret service we know why we know what the ending is and um diamonds are forever is just like this like like operation avalanche secret sequel where they're at the fake moon landing site thing and sean connery fucking like lazy sitting in a fucking grappling hook chair and going up a casino tower and then just fucking waltz in her it is just so not i mean it's it's all right it's fine but like it feels so schluppy um, mm -hmm. compared to this which is such a graceful beautiful yeah I, and i would sorry oh, go ahead. no you go. Oh, go okay well i i was just gonna say that like i could kind of tell like that kind of like weird punk tech mentality that like george lazenby had like he probably was thinking that while he was filming it you know he was like oh this is fucking dumb like i'm not gonna like do any more of these or whatever but like you can kind of tell because like he is the most like himbo like yeah laid back bond ever and like he's like he's just like like i wrote down so many quotes he says he says at one point why not perhaps we can make a foursome and he's like he's like Cary <laughs> grant in north by northwest like that's like who he is kind of channeling and like I, I, you gotta give him props for that man like and he's he's like i would say that all the action scenes in this film are like so ahead of it of their time oh yeah yeah they're definitely. like they're like current now action scenes and you're just like i the the avalanche yeah. knocked me on my ass yeah, I, just... I I was waiting for it to become an obvious miniature or an obvious fake avalanche, but isn't it a real avalanche or like a mini avalanche? That was I, I read. I think I read that. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm, it's like a mix of like you know weird blue screen and stuff like that. Well, the blue screen, obviously, but I'm talking about yeah. the one where Diana Rigg gets lost in the snow. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like they actually like like did a snow plow through a mountain and then like it's it's just like good classic like um you know weird shit but so i i was gonna say also i was like um what's interesting about this movie is that um so the director of this film was actually the editor i think of like every james bond film prior um so he finally directed this and he never directed a James Bond film or edited a James Bond film after that, which is insane. And then not only that, they wanted to, I guess, like the Bond producers were not happy with this film and they were not happy with George. So um, when they went back to Sean Connery for the next movie, they not only hired the director of Goldfinger and like I like Goldfinger, but you cannot like recreate the success of Goldfinger. They also hired Shirley Bassey to like do the title sequence, like to like to sing the song. So they clearly just wanted to like go back to Sean Connery and wanted him to continue being Bond until like forever. But he was just like, I'll do one more and that's it. You know? Well, you, you talking about like the director like of this movie, he 
edited a bunch of movies. The mm-hmm. editor of this film went on to direct um, other James Bond films as well. Really? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. But, and wow. like the editing in this film is so good. Mm-hmm. Like so good. Like top tier. John Glenn, he... Let me go. Director. I'm just looking. Yeah, he directed License to Kill, Octopussy... You to kill the living daylights for your eyes only. So is the way to direct a James Bond movie is to edit it first? Yeah. Truly. He also also directed a film called Christopher Columbus, The Discovery. Can we cover that on Dadcast? It has Marlon Brando in it. Oh, and and Tom Selleck. And Catherine Zeta Jones and Tom del Toro. Every fucking word you say, this gets dadder. This gets bigger (laughs) and dadder. I cover it. I'm going to add it to my watch list on Letterboxd. Oh my God. So, um, another thing about James, uh, like George, is that he played James Bond later in his career on The Man from Uncle unofficially he played a character named jb whoa really <laughs> yeah i haven't i haven't seen that movie yet no like the the, yeah, yeah but like the 1980 like a 1983 made for oh it's a 1983 made for television action adventure film um based on the man from uncle that came out in the 80s so he played jb which is james bond but not with license to play James Bond. Like, it was not official, I guess. Okay, is it the return of the man from Uncle? The yes. Like, that is the longest title I've ever read in my life. The return <laughs> of the man from Uncle. The 15 years later affair. I can't, like, that's like, oh that's like saying, like, the passion of Joan of Arc, but, like, with more thes in it. Really, mm-hmm. I'm tr- I'm trying to think of like a, a, oh my god. He um was also offered, diamonds are forever, live and let die, and, and never say never again. He turned those down, and also, um, he turned down playing Jesus Christ in Life of Brian, like Monty Python's Life of Brian. Oh, that would have been so good though. Yeah, I mean, he that has been... experience. So. He okay. I just want to say that George Lazenby was in a movie from 2003 called Winter Break, directed by Marty Benek. Um, and he is, uh, it has Anna Ferris in it. Um, as the only, yeah, it's it's called the tagline is better than warm apple pie. Oh my god, it's a fucking American pie. <laughs> like, okay, I will just. I will just screen share the the letterbox page so you sure. can see the um the the poster I'm looking at right now. Oh it's boy. Like, there's <laughs> boobies. Uh, someone pointing at somebody, the Somebody Why is somebody it has a two point six on letterbox. What were you gonna say? Sorry. Uh, there's it's got fucking everything. There's some. There's two people on an inner tube. Uh, for the obviously for the listeners, um, someone with their tongue open going yeah. Someone behind her pointing at the camera with both hands going like it. Someone behind him going like yeah with his hands up over his head with like a himbo fucking mouth agape. Uh, there's someone behind him in the distance doing a fucking backflip on a snowboard and something else indiscernible because it's way too far away. Uh, and of course, the tagline better than warm apple pie. Yeah, and there's somebody doing like a, and and then the eye in winter is a snowboard. Oh my god, Jillian, I have a question because yeah. you are a Canadian and I am not. Are you aware of the show? What the, what is it called? Let's see. This hour has 22 minutes. Yes, yes. Nathan Fielder was on it. I'm very. It, it is filmed a province away from me. Okay. I know um, people that have worked on it. George reprises role as James Bond in 2012 to coincide with Skyfall in a sketch parodying James Bond. Yeah, there's a good. Uh, there's that. a good. <laughs> there's a very good sketch um, that I feel like if I showed you guys, you guys would not laugh. But there's a very good sketch on this hour's 22 minute, 22 minutes just 
making fun of PEI like Islanders and uh, their extensive use of uh, EI. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Diana Rigg, we haven't talked about her. She is hot. I can't hear you. I think your mic's. Also, Jillian, I sent you a screenshot from Winter Break of George Lazenby. For you to gaze at. Can you hear me? You You sound like low a little bit. Is that the same with you, Brendan? Yeah. Hello? One second. Yes. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, yeah. You can can hear me now? Yeah, you're good. Oh, fuck. I almost pissed my pants. I've okay. Um, you sent me a screenshot. Sick. I love to get screenshots. Um, okay, so Diana Rigg. She's so pretty, obviously. Um, but she's also so good in this film. She is. She's just like smart and quick witted, and I wish I was her. I wish I was her in this movie. I wish I was, you know. Um, the other night I rewatched Happy Feet 2. <laughs> and, you know, and then I, I rewatched this movie and I started thinking about, you know, Diana Rigg. I love her, you know, stuff like that. And then I started thinking about how there's a scene in Happy Feet 2 where, um, um, uh, the, the, so Pink in Happy Feet 2 replaced Brittany Murphy after she died in Happy Feet 2. Um, so, R.I.P. Brittany Murphy, we obviously stand. Um, but uh, the thing is, is that Pink, like, plays, like, her role. She also, there's a part where she, like, literally just, like, fucking slaps, like, a bird in its face. Because they're all attacking. I, I don't want to explain the plot of Happy Feet 2, because it's actually like I don't know how to explain the plot of Happy Feet 2. But I can explain the plot of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. Um I just want to say that also George Lazenby is probably like the only like James Bond that you could probably put him in any outfit and he would look good. He is the Harry Styles of the Bonds. <laughs> Like, I know I relate everything to, back to him, but it's true. Like, when I first watched this movie, I was thinking about Harry Styles. And you know what? How do you guys feel? I've been talking for a really long time. I feel awkward. It's okay. I understand. Um, Harry Styles or this movie? What do you want to hear about? What, whichever one you want. I have no Harry Styles opinions. He was good in Dunkirk. Thank you. They play Watermelon Sugar at work a lot. Uh, anyway. It's a good song. I've seen Harry Styles in concert. Yeah, you saw his ass. I was very jealous. Saw his ass, Sean? Yeah, uh, they, we were they... seated behind oh. him. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I was seated behind oh, his... him. I was, I was all the way in the very back of a very big stadium. I, I saw Harry at the TD Garden Stadium in Boston. And I remember I had, I remember my friend who went with me had a panic attack beside me. And I was so happy the whole time that I did not notice she had a panic attack beside me. And I was, and then, and then once the concert was over, I looked over at her with a big smile on my face. And then she was just like, and I was like, what's happening? And you never saw um, yeah um so okay let's go into the absolute bonkers middle section of this film that like i don't know every time like this is my second time rewatching this film but every time i watch it i'm like this is so weird so there is a guy blofeld is a bioterrorist he wants to kill people by through bioterrorism you know cool whatever we get it we get it you know we we don't stand but we get it you know 
So, and then, uh, you know, James Bond is trying to get into Blofeld's thingy, his, his, um, his mountaintop thing. I'm trying to come up with a word, but I can't. <laughs> um, and so, and then, so James Bond go. Uh, he comes up with a fake name. He has disguise that he has. Is his disguise he has, and then he goes there, and there's all these girls, girls from all over the world, and you're like, okay. And then he walks in there with a fucking kilt. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kilt kilt. He's like Hello. And then and then he goes into like all their he like figures and then and then he and then he's told by the Fraulein, the Fraulein or whatever, who is basically who is um what's her face is parroting in Austin Powers. He goes in she she's like yeah, no, you cannot leave the room without permission, you know, and all this shit. And you're just like, okay. And then and then James like figures out a way to like get out. And he sneaks into all these girls' rooms and they obviously all have a crush on him. But the weirdest part is that they all think that he's gay. Like they don't say that he's gay, but they all say, Oh, I thought you were into girls. And he's like, No, I like girls. But they all think he's gay. I don't remember that. That's no, that's like they 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 don't. He's as fuck. Like, like here's the thing is that you know your mic is like staticky. I'm so sorry. Hello, is it better? Yeah, yeah you're good. Okay, um, yeah, no, like they all they all think he's gay and they all think that he's you know weird and stuff like that. And, you know because he's into you know, jeans and stuff. That's his, that's his excuse. Oh, that's, that's, that's what it is. That's right. his excuse because, because yeah. I, I honestly don't, but also I want to talk about the absolute bonkers scene that is the safe breaking scene when he, so the, the Draco guy who is uh, Diana Riggs' dad, who's like, marry my daughter she's depressed or whatever and you're just like okay um and but then he's like okay you have a construction company you can help me out you could get um you know a guy to to with a thing a crane of you know what i'm talking about yeah you get a guy with a crane he'll come so I'll sneak into this room with a safe and then he'll bring in my safe breaking thing which is huge which is like the size of like a, an electronic piano and then he and then I'm going to sneak it in and then I'm going to read Playboy as I as I wait for the safe breaking thing to happen or whatever it's, it's a, just insane it's a nuts scene I, I remember I mean it's the scene I remember the least I'll admit so I don't really have a lot of commentary I can give but um, but I remember um, I actually had to, I think I was playing Animal Crossing during that scene I, I don't, like I loved the whole rest of the movie but I just Animal Crossing came over me um, and I had to rewind it a bunch because there were so many moving parts it was intercutting with uh, the crane or whatever and him sneaking up and What's he after? Um, I needed to turn subtitles on to get that it was the genealogy. Was it like the records? Yeah. Um, it's hard to follow Bond backstories sometimes or like Bond right. plots. Yeah. Like as long as you have in your mind James Bond, like this is James Bond, this is the bad guy. James Bond wants to stop the bad guy. Like that's all you kind of need to know. Yeah. I, 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 it's not enough for me. Uh, I mean, it's enough for me in the ones like Diamonds Are Forever. Where yeah, I'm, yeah. But um, but for this, I just like from scene one, it was like this is so important. This is a, this is more than Bond. I mean, this well, no, that's not fair. It's what Bond has always wanted to be or could be, or it's like the epitome of Bond. It's the best Bond, best case scenario. So yeah. I wanted to soak in everything. So like, I mean, what's it like? Two hours, hour forty five. It took it, me. It's like, uh, like, an hour. It's two hours twenty two minutes. 
it took me like three and a half hours to finish it i, I was just yeah. like I want to get everything. I want to soak everything up. And that's I, usually me with, I mean, that's how I watch movies at home. And that's especially how I watch James Bond movies at home is that it takes me an entire evening to watch because you really have to pay attention if you want to get it, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's something I want to say about the, I'm kind of, we can bounce back to the safe, safe robbing, whatever section. Um, but, the one note I've taken, the one thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned, um, what fucking struck me about this movie um, is, I, I don't know, the, the dialogue seemed just kind of in, interesting and just different from the get-go. Um, and particularly with the um, Diana Riggs' dad, um, how he's begging Bond to get in this relationship with her. And specifically, he says, it'll be like some kind of therapy I, I like went back and wrote it down. That's like the quote. And midsection of the movie, it's like, oh, he's in this mountain retreat. It's a therapy clinic. It's, Must be some kind of therapy. And no, then what it what break, it is is it's a therapy it's, clinic. It is. No, it's it's for allergies. Allergy therapy. Okay. Yeah. I I I I rewound and made sure because I wrote a I wrote a I wrote a small small thing on it, but I wrote something on it and I wanted to make sure I had it right. It's an allergy therapy clinic, and he's going to treat them. He's going to make them better. Um, and so I don't know. It just like leapt out to me that like oh, he's asking Bond to use like this vacation with Diana Rigg to give her therapy, right? And then uh, he breaks her heart, and then he goes on this mission and he goes to the therapy clinic and it's like this this like funhouse reflection of therapy and what that is and Blofeld's using women he's brainwashing them just like Bond has used and just thrown away women in the past right because we don't see them in the next movie and um that's that just adds to the romance for me you know because I, I see it as like a little boy seeing all the damage that he did and he's like fuck i saw oh oh god and then he skis down the mountain and then he's like there's the woman i'm in love with baby and then like this classical ass romance filmmaking and like it works on that level alone this classical love story type thing but also bond seeing himself for what he was and never wanting to be that again and i mean he like hangs up the hat and everything he tosses it back to money penny at the end and like it just uh, god damn i this that's so, like the one thing that i agree i want to make sure and not to jump this far but do we do we like the ending and yeah, i'll say spoiler spoiler I, spoiler so do we like that she dies i mean like from like an audience perspective i don't like it like i don't want it to happen from but from a narrative like perspective i think that like i think that in my opinion like the way that i see it is that like in the type of work that he's in you know like there's no way for you like that like a, a kind of job like that you know like i talked about this when i talked about heat and stuff like that is that like it's the type of job where like if you have any sort of like relationships or connections to other people or whatever like it's gonna backfire and something tragic is gonna happen to you and like and you know like you it's it's a complicated thing because like obviously like you want you 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 want the best for bond and you want the best for tracy and everybody um but it's it's honest it's not a reality that is true and it's not a reality that can happen at least in my opinion but also i've watched so many mob movies and she's literally a mob boss's daughter like let's not forget that it just feels like i mean i mean again the filmmaking is lulling us into this like beautiful love spell right and that carries over into this beautiful wedding and all these wonderful grace notes like this is going to be the end of bond right and then and then we just hold on the car and i'm driving and they pull over and they have some cutesy remarks and it's strange to see james bond 
this happy and stable for this long, even for like 10 minutes straight, right? And you know something's gonna fucking happen. And first time I, I swear to God, I was, I gasped. I, and then I like in, in my head, I was like, no, of course. There was no other way this was gonna go. Yeah. And then, and then, and James knows that too. And then because the cop walks up and he just says, it's okay, we'll be fine. We have all the time in the world, just like they were saying before about their honeymoon. Like, and he's and he's crying. I that's another scene I rewound like to make sure that I was remembering it right. He is, he's actually, and I I think there's like some background on him crying in that scene. Like they didn't want him to, but his voice breaking a little bit. He actually he got there despite what was it the director or the producer's wishes. I don't know, but all the time in the world, all the time in the world. Like it's it's just so. And he's such I, a, um, he's, his boyish appearance too, like his whole thing is he's like that young, fresh-faced Bond out of all of them. I think he's the most young looking. And so when he's sad, it just looks like a child. Just heartbroken. Anyway, go ahead, Sean. Something I didn't realize, uh, because, I mean, Diana Rake, like, she's in so much, and I feel like it's... Like, I saw her in this only this year. I only watched this film for the first time in July, I think. Um, I actually had seen her on Broadway in 2018, and I did not know that. Um, she was in My Fair Lady, which is cool. She was really good in it. Wow. That's um, so when she had passed, I didn't make the connection until I was, like, reading her obituaries and being like, oh, she was in Broadway, and she was in My Fair Lady, so... <laughs> She, I think this is like the only movie I've seen her in. I think, yeah. She's mostly, uh, she's in the Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. Um, yeah, the thing, the thing for me, like with like the romance and everything or whatever, like I like you know I come from this background of like you know I really love like big epic tragedies and stuff like that like I grew up reading Shakespeare and then like obviously like Angels in America is like my favorite thing of all time and I I've read it so many times and I've seen it so many times and you know and it's just like I don't know like something I find really comforting tragedy for some reason because <laughs> you know what the Joker says <laughs> I love my life was a tragedy, but it turned out it was a comedy. Really, and I actually I told somebody about Joker Jillian today, like we oh. were talking about inside jokes that we have with our friends, and I was like, "Well, you should see the fucking Joker Jillian." Anyway, oh my god, but yeah, no, like I'm just very much like somebody who, um, like I just really like like when things aren't happy at the end and things aren't conclusive because like like obviously i like it when things are like you know wrapped up with a bow or whatever like that's fine but i think that's like a reason why i like movies like like uncut gems so much and stuff like that is because they end and your heart breaks and then you can't stop thinking about it you know and that's like Mm -hmm. kind of like the kind of thing that i really like is that like or like even like I don't know bridges of madison county like i i watched that movie i saw my eyes out like every time because i'm like they could have like 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 i much rather like and maybe because i'm emo or whatever but like i much rather have like an ending where like you know not everybody's gonna be happy but that's real life you know that's real life baby um but also, like, yeah, sometimes I want, like, the happy ending, but it's not, it's not realistic. The real, the real, the real deep sadness connect with, I, I feel that. I, I, I love that in my movies, in my media, in my, in my music. Um, Courtney does too, I'm pretty sure she's mentioned that. Like, it's a, it's something, and, and this movie has it. Yeah, like, but also this movie, this movie's like kind of like a mix of everything. It has like comedy, it has action, like, 
like I said before, like the action scenes are like so well made and like so ahead of their time. And like the editing is kind of crazy, but like in the best way possible where you're like, you're kind of watching it and like, there's like, I don't know. It's just so well made. It's just unexpected. It's, there's these like, I mean, I, I could, I don't remember cut to cut how they looked. I remember how they felt like, um, there were these like little scuffles that he had um outside of the jail cell that he's about to be put in uh before. yeah yeah and uh it's just like i think i think there's i think it's the sound design maybe but i remember a feeling or at least uh, maybe if not a sound a feeling of like yeah like, it's just it jerky, feels jerky. awesome yeah it feels like really like fast paced like compared to like other films that came out at the same time you know like it feels very like quick cut very um you know all that jazz not the movie all that jazz but you know what all that jazz the movie i mean an an editor as a director i I mean i'm not going to say that like they're imagining the cuts as they shoot you know but it's i mean maybe it's in the back of their mind it feels like an editor's dream. I would, if I was given all of the footage for this movie and told to make it, I, I would scream. I would, I would, I would call all my relatives and tell them I, uh, I didn't yeah. need. I, the, I finally yeah. Nirvana. Like I would say, like the movie that, like the current, like modern movie that this movie kind of reminds me of is actually like. Mission Impossible 2 like that movie is kind of like like obviously it's not the best Mission Impossible film but it's we the all most. know that it's the most it is an opera it is it has insane action it it's you know it's got everybody in it um you got Thandy bring back Thandy Newton for MI7, you know, uh, all these things, you know, but like, I don't know, I, when I was watching like the scene when like, when it's near the end of the movie when like Diana Rigg like sees Bond after like they separate and then he does his mission and stuff like that. And then he's like, I need help, you know, and then so like they escape to her car and they end up in like, like some car derby race or whatever like i was watching that scene and i was like this feels like mi2 because like there's so many scenes in mi2 like there's literally a scene in mi2 where it's tom cruise and thandy newton literally like dancing with cars it's amazing and i i just felt that way too like watching this i was like yeah but also like this movie I don't know. Like, I don't know what else I could even say. I just, I, like... I could add just, something, if you want. Yeah, add, add something, baby. Okay. Uh, it, um, I thought it was pretty neat that um, when he goes down the mountain after he does this little ski thing, um, it, it's a Christmas celebration. They're having, like, a Christmas celebration with, like, I think Santas are fucking walking around. Like, it's, it, it's just so many fucking locations the construction site for the bank vault thing bank vault thing. just the vault it's not a bank vault a sa- it's a safe i'm this i'm not saying the right it's shit. A, it's um, a safe it's, it's a, a safe, safe in an office it's safe yeah. in an office um you got that you got a fucking genealogy museum you got a beach at sunrise you got a casino you got casino penthouse where bond sex does uh you got the fucking therapy clinic in the swiss alps you got he's on a plane at one point i think <laughs> and then the and then the christmas celebration and, yeah. the, village and then the barn and just I like love, a, so yeah. many, a luge tube yeah one um, I, sorry oh yeah no also when i was like rewatching this movie um last year at around this or like a couple months before last year and it was one of like the nicest things I've ever done in my life it literally stayed in a castle on the side of a mountain and like it was so beautiful or whatever 
and um, we went to the um, one of the Banff Mountains, and we went to like Lake Louise and all this stuff. And I made me want I want to live in Banff someday. Like I want to live on a side of a mountain. And you know, you know, yeah, there's a lot of hot Australians that live in Banff because for some reason a lot of hot Australians. Like George Lazenby. Like George Lazenby. <laughs> Is it Lazenby or Lazenby? I, I have know. no idea. <laughs> I watched okay, a documentary I... about George Lazenby. You watched it, Brandon? You watched it. And... I did, yeah. Uh, I, Brandon, I meant to watch it. Both of you will really, really, really like it. It's super funny. It's the rare example of a documentary that I've watched, and um, their reenactments are good and like really really funny because they hire actual actors to do them so like dana carvey's in it jeff garland's in it it's really nuts and i can't recommend it enough because the story is like insane of how he became and why he didn't want to be you know i was gonna um, bring up dana carvey earlier uh it's something i think with the win- winter vacation movie and i chose not to because i didn't want to speak his name and you've done it now he plays uh he plays um Johnny Carson in the doc. There are, okay, I just want to say there are no uncensored words. There's no censored words in this podcast. Um, one note I had what or two. The, what's that? Is the S word censored? Oh boy. No, okay. Scientology. So, <laughs> oh boy. Um, one or two notes I had was one in the original script, uh, Bond underwent plastic surgery to disguise himself from his enemies because they wanted to replace Sean Connery and have it be seamless, but they decided not to do that. Um, And then also what is amazing about this movie is that um, there's in jokes. So like in the opening scene, he literally turns to the camera before the smash cut of the credits and said, this never happened to the other fellow, which I think is like brilliant and then also, um, at one point, there's like a janitor who's like whistling Goldfinger, which is like so funny too because it's like nodding to the other movies. There's like other ones too, but those are the two that stood out that I was like, "That's hilarious." I knew about the first one, but I mean, obviously, because it's it's right before the title, it's a line in the movie. But uh, the whistling Goldfinger, I had no idea. there's like other gadgets as well. I'm pretty sure, or like objects in Bond's office that relate to the other Oh yeah and, uh, and, the opening, and, stuff. and the opening credits are of course like Bond Bond girls and villains and what, a bunch of shit from the other movies to sort of let you know like this is the same guy technically Another thing uh, I really like about this film is that um, this reminds me of Marnie you know, the Alfred Hitchcock film with Tippi Hedren and Sean Connery. Um, because, like, I really don't know how to describe it, but, like, all of the sets just remind me of Marnie and stuff like that. Marnie's, like, an extremely different story, but, like, just, like, the overall vibe. Like, Marnie's about PTSD before PTSD was even a thing. Like, it's an insane movie, and I love it so much. Um, but, like... I don't know, this, like, and, like, all the sets look like it, but, like, there's also, like, a lot of, like, kleptomania kind of scenes in Marnie that kind of reminded me of, like, the scene in when he's stealing the stuff or whatever from the safe and he's reading the Playboy. I'm like, this is Marnie. Marnie. Um, Also, like, just let's give a prop for the overall set design. Like the the purple of the casino scene is the most purple a purple has ever purpley purpley am I too turtly enough for the turtle club? I can't hear you, I'm sorry. Sorry we still can't hear you. I cannot hear you. <laughs> Jillian, uh, a Bond villain, just came into her room 
and took her away, and now me and Brandon Hello? are. Oh, she's back. She's oh. Back. Okay. <laughs> I said, "Why are bulls entertainment?" <laughs> um. <laughs> bulls like, 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 like when they when they show like the red, like the red thing. And they're like, someone's going to die. <laughs> like, I went. <laughs> Wait, like bulls like an animal? The last uh, um, event I went to at Madison Square Garden before quarantine happened was I went to a bull riding championship. <laughs> because tickets were cheap and I was very curious. And it Are was we talking insane. about Ferdinand? <laughs> <laughs> John Cena. I remember one of the last times I went to a movie theater. Uh, um, like my local movie theater, they have like these little like um, like lineup kind of like uh, you know, you know, like they put like shit for like people to buy at last minute, like impulse buys or whatever. They had this that at like the that I remember. Like they always have like shitty Star Wars toys or something like that. But I remember they had a lot of like Ferdinand merch on sale, and just it just always made me laugh. At my local grocery store, uh, Wonder Park, um, I'm pretty sure I've seen Collateral Beauty in there. Um, something else that's not coming to mind. I saw Roman Holiday at Seven Eleven yesterday. Why didn't you buy it? I don't know. I bought a singular Blu-ray of Too Fast, Too Furious at um, a shopper's drug mart for six ninety-nine. I have three DVDs on my bookshelf right now. One is a season of Tim and Eric Awesome Show, Great Job. One is uh, Tarnation, and one is Funny People. Funny People, good movie. Mm-hmm. I I look over and I have a DVD of Uptown Girls. I have a copy of Lolita. I have a copy of The Last Temptation of Christ, the book, and then I have a Hawk Hard, the Dewey Cox story on Blu-ray. Um, what about the scene in Honor um, Majesty's Secret Service where they duet? Let's duet. <laughs> I think that's, that's good. Yeah, I think. I, do, does anybody else have anything else to say? No, this well, movie is great. This movie yeah, is everybody watch this movie. Um, I feel like I'm gonna go watch a Bond movie like now. Yeah, I. All I'm thinking about is how much pee I have in my bladder. <laughs> Brandon, do you have anything to say? Uh, no, I I, uh, I I let the pee out of my bladder about 20 minutes ago. So Brandon, jealous. how is the man with the golden gun? And is it like a forgettable Bond movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. it's um. So Christopher Lee has an island. Um, when they're on the island, it's great. When they're off the island, okay. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will watch it because I have to. But the opening is great. Uh, when they're on the island, it's worth it. Um. Oh. Uh, also. Uh, we are the trip fans, uh, as we know, and um, the no Mr. Bond I expect you to die thing that they have comes from Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, interesting, interesting. All right, all right, all right. Uh, and we'll uh, probably watch that tonight. Maybe. I love that was that was like when I watched Dog Day Afternoon for the first time, and I was like, "This is what Nirvana, the band, the show is referencing." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, does anybody have anything they want to plug um listen to seltzer cast um it's on i don't know apple spotify i drink seltzers with a guest um jillian you'll have to come on brandon uh yeah you'll have to come on too right brandon Uh, wink wink uh I, I, i will sure have to do that wink 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 brandon's uh brandon's got something cooking but that's uh seltzer? he's cooking the, he's cooking in seltzer. Seltzer. listen to uh brandon's guest appearance on october 28th i believe um 
other than that, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, I made a documentary called Introducing Juan Waters. Uh, I was hoping it was going to play festival circuits. I don't think it's going to. Uh, look for that sometime in the near future. Um, follow me on Twitter, Sean P underscore O'Brien. That's about it. <laughs> Sean P O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. Um, follow me on Twitter at emo Canadian. Uh, follow Dadcast at Dadcast four twenty everywhere because there are twenty other podcasting Dadcast, and I'm the four hundred four. <laughs> I'm the and I'm the 400th <laughs> and 20th one. I'm the 400th dead cast. <laughs> it's baby hour. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, stinky. <laughs> okay. Um, Brittany, you have anything to say? Uh, no projects or anything to plug right now. Um, I am on Twitter, uh, Brandon Hardly underscore. And uh, on Instagram, I am Brandon dot Hardly. And I have a film account, uh, it's B underscore heart dot film, where I post my filmy stuff. Uh, I always feel insecure about saying filmmaker, because uh, I don't do it as often as I He would. is! You're a filmmaker. I like your shorts, so I'm plugging you right now. <laughs> you like his shorts? Uh-oh. No shorts. <laughs> jeans, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that is me. That's me endorsing Brandon as a filmmaker because his shorts are very good and you should watch them. You were great. But what about his shorts? And his cargo shorts are also great, too. I love, you could... I love your cargo shorts. Fucking pair of... okay, yeah. That's... Yeah, okay. Bye, guys. Stay safe. Love yourself. Uh, don't piss your pants. Unless you want to. Unless you want to. Unless you're into Thanks it. Thanks for the advice, Sean. Thanks, Jamie. Bye. <laughs>